This is the Healthcare Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you information, education, and inspiration, only on MarketScale. No industry, including sick care, can be fixed from inside. Instead, they've responded to external stimuli. For every one hour that they spend on patient care, the thing that got them interested in medicine to begin with, they're spending up to two hours on EHR data entry. We're seeing a lot of great things, particularly around the ability to predict things that clinicians and consumers care about. Inhale, exhale. Time for your healthy dose. I'm your host, Sean Heath. As technology continues to grow and change, the way we communicate those changes has to grow and change as well. That's a challenge that my guest today gets to really address every single day. Today, I have the pleasure of having a conversation with Vinti Singh, the marketing manager for Curvebeam. Vinti, how are you today? I'm doing great. How are you, Sean? I'm doing really well. Uh, Curvebeam does a pretty cool thing. Now, being a tech nerd, as I am, I love having an opportunity to talk about new technology, especially something that is as dramatic a shift as what Curvebeam does. So do me a favor. Tell me exactly what it is that you guys figured out. Sure. So Curvebeam is a medical device company. We make computed tomography or CT systems, and we make them specifically for the orthopedic specialty. Computed tomography, to start from the very basics, is basically three-dimensional x-ray. So if you've ever broken a bone, you've probably gone to your doctor and got it an x-ray, and the doctor puts the x-ray up on the wall, and you get a projection of what your bones look like. What CT does is provide a three-dimensional view of what your bones and joints look like. Our products, unlike what you might think of when you think of a traditional CT exam, which is lying on a table and that table being moved into a very large uh, sort of circular opening that scans you. Our systems are designed specifically for the extremities. So we have systems that are designed for the foot, ankle, and knee, or hand and elbow. So they're a lot smaller. And because they're a lot smaller, they can actually fit in multiple points of care. So you don't necessarily have to go to an imaging center or a hospital imaging department, which you still could because you will find our devices in those departments, but you can actually get a CT scan in your doctor's office. The same way you can get an x-ray right now uh, in your doctor's office, you could get a CT. So it's quite convenient for the patient. It cuts down the time uh, before you can get a definitive diagnosis. And it's hopefully improving healthcare by providing a disruption to make things faster, easier, and more convenient. Now, as a person who is more likely to be a patient than an actual physician, that's me, um, if I have an issue with my foot, for example, I would think that a development like this could actually help the cost of my imaging come down because the provider's not locked into a giant dedicated room for this device, uh, that this technology, because it would be more prevalent, hopefully would help the price come down a little bit from a patient side. From a physician's side, from a caregiver's side, they have to be over the moon about this. The opportunity to have access to this in more than one place really would help them increase their efficiency. 
Absolutely. Uh, what's also innovative about our products is they plug into a regular wall outlet. So the same way that you plug your refrigerator or microwave into the wall, you can plug the CT system right into the wall. Uh, a large full body CT system usually has special power requirements. There's special heating and cooling requirements in whatever room it's sited in. That's not the case here. So you're right. It does dramatically lower the costs of providing a service like this, which is exciting for both physicians and patients. I know a little bit about your background, not in a weird stalkery way. Uh, I just happen to know that you worked as a newspaper reporter. So journalism and telling stories and communicating really is where you started. I'm, I'm curious, as technology grows, and I mentioned this earlier, as technology advances, the way you communicate those changes has to change as well. So you're constantly updating not only your vocabulary, but the way you put words together. Talk to me about the challenge that something new and innovative like CurveBeam presents to someone like yourself from the marketing standpoint. Any disruptive product, regardless of the industry, is changing, is more than just a technological advancement. It's potentially changing workflows operationally, uh, financially. And so you have to be able to communicate how this new way is better. And lots of people are very comfortable staying with the familiar. And so communicating in a way that's not scary and that convinces people that they can make the change, that's the key. And then looking at healthcare in general in a much wider lens, there's been a movement to move away from something called volumes-based care, and that's kind of a fee for volume where the way that doctors and hospitals and health systems are generating revenue is by doing tests and procedures and getting a payment for each one of those and rather moving to value-based care. So instead of piecemeal getting payments, looking at what are we doing to treat the patient as a whole and getting paid based on the patient having better outcomes rather than the numbers of tests and procedures we throw at the patient. And so our medical device, it is a procedure. And the old way of selling was, let's look at your ROI and let's look at how quickly, if you buy this piece of equipment, here's the cost, how many scans would you have to perform before you pay it off and start making a profit? As a marketer, I have to think about how do we change that conversation to let's look how adding the scanner to your practice or to your hospital is going to change the overall care delivered to your patient and how uh, you're going to see an improvement because you're adding the service in a more holistic way. It sounds very similar to a conversation my daughter and I had. We were talking about chocolate, and I was telling her that there was a trend over the last couple of years to put cayenne pepper into chocolate, and that it was a completely new thing. It wasn't hot, but it wasn't chocolate. It was a completely new hybrid thing. And it seems as if adding curve beam as a device into the mix in a healthcare provider's arsenal or toolkit, so to speak, as you mentioned, it completely changes the dynamic. It's not just about, as you mentioned, ROI. It's about changing the way everything works in the office. It's a philosophical change as well as a technological change. That's very true. We've had doctors 
say things to us like without sounding too sales and marketing, but we've had doctors say things to us like before I got one of these systems in my practice, it was like I was driving without headlights and now I can see what I need to see. But to see that technological benefit, you really have to look at your entire practice. You can't just sort of pop this in and expect everything else to adjust automatically. You have to be ready to really be a manager of change and execute that properly. Now, you started off on the social media manager side. Do you find that there are certain protocols you could bring from a social media mindset into the straight marketing mindset that are beneficial to you on a daily basis? Well, for the medical device industry in general, uh, marketing is becoming a lot more challenging. It's getting harder and harder to reach your decision makers. Once you do reach your decision makers, you have less time with them and you just have to fight harder to get their attention in the first place. And so I think where social media helps is that one of the ways that we could innovate the way we're marketing is more and more go direct to the patient um, and educate the patient. So I think one of the great things about the social media revolution is that you now as a patient yourself have so much more direct access to so much more information. So the same principles that help a message go viral um, in social media could be some of the same principles that we use to reach patients and communicate to them directly. I feel that the more information we have as patients, that allows us to help our physicians, our caregivers, in narrowing down what we need, not from a diagnostic standpoint on our side, but it's almost like a menu board at a restaurant. If if I don't know that you have a really good three egg, you know, Swiss cheese omelet, if I don't know you have that, I might never order that, but that might be something you'd very easily provide me. If I don't know that you, as my orthopedist, have a weight-bearing CT system that can measure, you know, what's going on in my foot, if I don't know that, I don't know to ask you about that. Hey, is this a thing? Because I'm not... I'm not a medical technology innovator. I'm just a, you know, a guy with a foot that's killing me. It seems like that sharing of information would just increase success on both sides of the table. I agree. And the other key role I think a medical device marketer plays is helping the physicians also provide a higher level of patient education. The basic principles of marketing, they don't come easily to everyone or they're not so obvious unless maybe you do specialize in that field. So a value add that we try to provide to our customers that I think most innovative medical device companies try to do as well is really help the physician and the practice or hospital understand the best way to communicate you know, sometimes more complex ideas. Uh, For example, why a CT scan is better for you than an x-ray in easy to understand ways. So I think 
one of the important roles that we have is also being that liaison for the physician themselves. One of the downsides of having a lot of CT scans as opposed to x-rays is a CT scan's very unlikely to give me superpowers. <laughs> I, I'm just pointing that out. I don't, I, I mean, unless there's a secret that you want to spill here on the podcast, can CT, could a CT scan give me a super ankle? Uh Mo- I think not. <laughs> uh, well, now, you know, here's the, here's what's really interesting. The foot and ankle is one of the most complex systems in the human skeletal system. It's incredibly weird. Uh, it's super tricky. And the thing that's really cool about the way you approach this is you turned it into a weight-bearing mm-hmm. system. That completely changes the the way the foot looks, the foot at rest versus the foot when it's bearing weight, two completely different structures. You're not even stopping there. Tell me about what you're working on the next thing to come out, if you can, if it's not too big of a secret. You're not staying in the foot area. Tell me where you're working towards. Sure. So uh, our first system that we introduced in 2012 was a CT scanner specifically for the feet and ankle. And you're right. It is designed in a way that the patient can actually stand while they're being imaged. Um, Lower extremity specialists, they need that weight-bearing or standing view because your bone and joint alignment changes so much when you're standing as opposed to when you're lying down. And they can really see the biomechanical forces at play. Earlier this year, we got FDA approval for the next generation of that device, which scans up to the knee. So now you're seeing farther up the leg uh, in true weight-bearing position. And I suppose it's okay to let the cat out of the bag. We are now working on our third generation, which will ideally scan all the way up to the hip. It's still in the early R&D phases, but it's our next frontier. And that's the natural direction. I mean, you're moving up. That's so the up to the hip, that's totally logical. I don't, I don't think you'll get in trouble for saying that. At some point, we're going to get to just a full body CT standing almost like those scanners they have at the airports where you'll just stand there and it'll be able to scan you from head to toe and find anything that's broken. But the thing that will help determine where there are anomalies has to be AI, right? There has to be some sort of... Uh, perceptive AI that will help with measurements. And I know, for example, my daughter broke her arm a couple of years ago. And when we went, the doctor was showing the break on the, the computer screen. He actually had to take a mouse and drag it to say, okay, this is two centimeters. And this is, you know, there was an awful lot of clicking and dragging and a lot of fine movements that weren't super efficient as a computer nerd. But that seems like something where AI would fit perfectly. One benefit of x-ray is that it's very easy to read because it's a pretty simple picture. CT scan, which is three-dimensional, you're getting so much more information about the anatomy that you're looking at. And to be able to look at it quickly, to make an assessment quickly, and make those measurements in now a three-dimensional plane instead of a two-dimensional plane, you can do a more accurate assessment, but it's going to take a lot more time. So what we're working on, and this is in response to what the medical professionals who are using our devices requested of us, are tools that basically you could take that CT scan of your foot and run it through our AI processor, to put it in simple terms, and it will automatically make all of those measurements in, you know, in milliseconds. And so 
Now we can take this complex three-dimensional data that we have and have uh, some of the key statistics that we need right away. An interesting possibility could be that when a physician first meets a patient, they could do a full scan of their skeletal system, for example. That's a baseline. In the future, when they run another scan, The AI could just compare the two and it could say there's been a structural change here. There seems to be a a little bit of movement here. That's going to change the way, I mean, that's Star Trek stuff. There's uh, a surgery that's often performed in the feet and ankles where a fusion is. So basically the, the doctors are fusing two different bones together to stabilize the foot, uh, you know, preventing movement between that joint. And On x-ray, it's very hard to see how much the bone is fused, if at all. There's kind of just these very generic standard protocols that are applied to the entire population. So, you know, if you have a fusion of your foot, you wear a boot for six weeks, and then the boot is removed. And that those are kind of just averages. But there could be a lot of variability. You know, after six weeks, your fused bones might be fully healed, or they might not be healed at all. And scans like this, where you can do those comparative scans, you can see the exact degree of fusion healing. And there's promise in using AI tools that the AI could very quickly diagnose just how much fusion healing has occurred more accurately than a human could. So when you're talking about comparing before and afters, there's one potential application. It's interesting to me, whenever you drive by a medical building and you see signs on the side of the building, it's always a group of specialists called something associates. It's always a group of podiatrists or a group of dentists. And this seems like a way, if you have this technology, it seems as if it would be an additional set of eyes that you could literally and accurately depict a one physician practice as associates because of the extra set of eyes that AI provides. Right. Even more than an extra set of eyes, maybe it's like you were talking about superpowers. It's it's like putting on special glasses that give you a view that would otherwise be impossible to get. I have to say, I smell a partnership with Google. (laughs) I'm just throwing that idea out there. If you want to take it, maybe, you know, Google CT glasses. Who knows? It's a thing. It could, uh, it, you could make that work. And you know what? You're not even tasked with making it work. You're just tasked with explaining to us how it works. Right, exactly. <laughs> Today, it's been my pleasure to have a conversation with the marketing manager for Kirby, Vinti Singh. Vinti, thank you so much for taking the time today. This was really fun. Thank you. I really appreciate it. It was great talking to you. Thank you for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, go to marketscale.com industries. And if you have a chance, subscribe to the MarketScale publications for the latest articles, videos, and podcasts from your favorite industries.